Okay, we are doing Daf Lamed Beis. Uh, we're starting with in the bottom of Lamed Aleph and Beis. Yesterday we were discussing the case where a person sent an Erev through another party uh, to get to another to the recipient, and the recipient was then going to put down the Erev. The Gemara was trying to figure out if you could rely if the recipient gave his word that he was going to accept the Erev from the middle party, like uh, the Katan or the elephant or whatnot, that we could assume it got done. And the Gemara invoked the theme of Chazaka Shliach Osashlikhosa, that there's an assumption that if somebody gives you the word that they're going to do something that we assume that they follow through. So the Gemara tells us now, Machlokas Amar Nacham, the Shel Torah, if it's matters that, that pertain to Dindar Raisa, in Chazaka Shliach you don't have the right to rely on the Chazaka. This Chazaka is not strong enough to rely on if it's a real Suffolk Daraisa. If it's a real Suffolk Daraisa, you have to have a real uh, awareness that it actually got done. The Shel Sofrim. But if it was only a matter that's Durabana, the whole issue to begin with is only Durabana, then you could be more lenient and you can rely on the assumption that the Shliach did what he was done to. Because even at worst, all we're talking about is an Issa Durabana. So since at worst, all we're talking about is an Issa Durabana, you're allowed to be Mekel and assume that the Shliach got it done. According to Rakshishis, you're allowed to rely on the idea, on the assumption that, that a Shliach will, 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 when he gives you these words, will follow through. You're allowed to rely on that even for matters that are de arise. So the Gemara says, How do I know that even for matters that are derived, so you can rely on the Chazaka that now we learned in the Mishnah, we're talking about the Halach of the Omer. Remember, the Omer is what's matter to eat the new grain. So you have all the new grain that grows, and then you bring a carbon, a little bit of an offering to the Beit HaMikdash on the second day of Pesach, and then after that carbon is brought, so then the din is that uh, the grain becomes mutter to eat. So at the time it says in the Mishnah, we should carve Omer Hotar HaKadosh Miyad. As soon as the Omer is brought, all the new grain is mutter right away. But Rechokim, the people far away, so they don't know, they don't have knowledge whether or not it was brought. They're allowed to eat the new crop from chatzos of that day and on. From midday and on, they're able to eat. So what's the so what's the pshat? Because they're assuming it was done. So HaKadosh eating from the new crop before the Omer we're talking about is a matter of an Esau Daraisa. It's definitely talking about a severe issue an Esau Daraisa. And still it said, It still said that people far away from Yushalayim are allowed to eat from the new crop of chatzos and on. What's, what's their right? They don't have a Yediyah brew. They don't have a a definite awareness that it happened. It must be because of the principle of Chazaka uh, So therefore, we see that we can rely on it. So the Gemara says, No, that's different. Really, normally on Daraisas, we don't rely on Chazaka But awesome, plenty of time, but the mission there, we have a specific reason. If you because they know that the court is not lazy about it, meaning that there's a specific thing there that the court with their agents there, the Kohanim, are going to make sure that the Omer gets done. If it's a regular situation where a random Ruven has a, has a, has a Shliach, Shimon, who told him he, he's going to do something, does Ruven have the right to trust Shimon that he got it done? Maybe not, according to Rav Nachman, not for an Isra Daraisa. But there you have the court with the Kohanim, so that's a whole new level of lacrity that for sure got done. And uh, that's why they, we have the right to assume for chatzos and anti Omer. But from a regular scenario, we do not have the right to rely on such a chazok. The Amri, some people say that Rav Nachman actually, instead of defending himself in the Mishnah, Rav Nachman himself brought a proof to his own opinion from the Mishnah. Some Rav Nachman, no, I mean a lot. Where do I know that we cannot rely on chazok for matters that are from the Torah? Because it says there, 
But the reason the people far from Yerushalayim can eat is because of because they know that the court would never would never be lazy about it. So it sounds like it's only because it's the court based on who the law is. So the court that wouldn't it wouldn't be delaying Hashliach Masatzimah. But a regular scenario where Reuven is making Shliach Hashimah in his own personal matter, Reuven would not have the right to assume it got done. So it sounds like it sounds like Rav Nachman is saying a proof to me that generally there's no din of, 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 of If generally there's a din of shleich oser shlichuzo, then the Mishnah would not have had to make a point of saying, ain't basing this asam em. So from the fact that the Mishnah does make a point of that, it sounds like generally we do not uh, invoke the principle of chazaka oser shlichuzo. Says the Gemara and Rav Sheshah, so how does Rav Sheshah defend himself? Rav Sheshah the Mishnah is giving the court more uh, a higher degree just because you could assume that it was brought by midday already half the day you know it was done shliach what if it was a regular case of a shliach kule yoma it would only be after the end of the day so but you you can't assume that the guy necessarily did it so fast that by half the day you know the job got done you would wait till the end of the day but the assumption that it got done that if he gave you his word he was going to do it that for sure you were able to assume and at least by the end of the day you have the right to assume that the job got done. So bottom line is, Rav Sheshus and Rav Nachman have both defended themselves from the case of the Omer, and both opinions uh, stand. And we have a machlokas here, generally for Isurim Daraisa, are you allowed to rely on the principle of the Chazaka, Shlech Osa Shlechus or not? So I'm Rav Sheshus, when I mean, how do I know that you can rely on it for an Isur Daraisa? The Tanya says in the Baraisa, Ayisha Sheshus, Leido Ziva, a woman who gave birth, or she is a Ziva. So what the halacha? So these are examples of, of women who are Chayav Karbanos, and uh, the kabbanos come from like there are birds that are brought as a carbon. So what how, what does it bring? She doesn't bring her own birds. That's not the way the system worked. Rather, maybe a mo, she would just bring money. The she would bring to the base and make she would come to the base and make that with her money and put it in a shofar. A shofar was like <coughs> it was like a certain shape of a box. But the point was it was like a box where shaped like a shofar, but they would put. Uh, all the money, and then what happened was the Kohanim would just see how much money was deposited, and they would automatically just bring birds that the Kohanim themselves had on behalf of all the people who had brought the money. So it's a fascinating system. The Kohanim don't even know who the person is who put the money in, but they just bring the birds for the Shemishu, whoever is five the carbon. That's the way the system works. So all the woman has to do is deposit her money inside of the shofar, and she knows for sure the Kohanim will take care of They'll see that the money's there, and they'll go ahead and bring a carbon on behalf of the person who brought the money. Then she can go home, go in the mikvah, and eat kachim that evening, because she knows for sure that the Kohanim have used, have, have brought the birds with her money, and they've done that krava, and everything was good. She has the right totally to rely on that, and she even though she never checked in with the coin, she never asked the coin, did you see my money? Did you buy the bird? Did you bring it? Did the carbon go correctly? She didn't have any discussion at all with the Kohanim. She has no awareness for sure that everything is good. So it's just assumptions here that if I deposited the money, the coin took it, and everything went according. Well, according to this. So my time, how do you have the right to assume that? Must all be because of the Chazakah. So that's where the whole thing comes from. Even though it's about a Milsa Daraisa, an Isra Daraisa, like eating Kachim, we see you can rely on the Chazakah. So for Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says that we don't rely on it for Nisra Daraisa. How does he defend himself? Also because Rav Shemaya. There it's different because Rav Shemaya said, Amar Rav Shemaya, Chazaka ain't peace in Shalkodim Odin Misham. There is a specific thing that there was a court. There was an Atzam Stam, one random Shlech. It was a special court of Kohanim who oversaw all the things in the base of Mikdash and they didn't leave in the evening. Unless they made sure that all the money in the shofar was already spent. So there was a special court that convened and they got together and they made sure they oversaw the whole system. But in, again, in a regular scenario where there's a random person called Ruvain trying to, to get uh, something done with his, with his agent, Jimon, we don't necessarily 
have the right to assume that everything worked out. Says the Gemara of Shishas brings another proof on Rosh Hashanah. How do I know that you can rely on the Chazak even by the Arayas? It's the tiny that says in the Brayasah. Someone says this man. He's giving him a gift. He says, go get, take some figs from my fig tree. Go enjoy them. So the question is, does the recipient of this gift have the right to assume that Trimas and Maestros were taken off already uh, by the person or not? What, what's the Halacha? So, Ocham Amarai, you can eat it in, as, a, as a small little gift, uh, as a small temporary way, uh, as long as he's not having a meal. And that's generally the halacha. If you just, even if it, uh, the miser hasn't been taken off, you can have a little snack. You're just not allowed to eat them with the kviyas. So he's allowed to have them a snack. But if he wants to eat them as a meal, ma'asr and So then he has to take off chumas and maisers. And that chumas and maisers is with certainty, meaning for sure he's chayev. There's no possibility. Like we don't even wonder that maybe the person gave him the gift had already taken off chumas and maisers. There's no way he would do that. Why? Rashi explains because we don't know how many, the, the, the person giving the gift doesn't know how big the gift is. He just says, go take figs. How many figs? We don't know how much he took. So he wouldn't know how much trimus and maestros to separate. You have to have an awareness of how big the gift is if you want to take off the right cheshman of the tent. So clearly, if I just said, we go take figs, I don't tell you how much to fig, how many figs to take. I'm not separating trimus and maestros ahead of, ahead of time for you. So if this recipient of the gift now goes and takes however many figs he takes, so he has, it's as if he knows for sure that trimus and maestros have not already been taken off. So if he goes to eat these figs as a meal, he has to take off trimus and maestros. Uh, however, if he said a specific amount, if the owner of the fig said, fill up this basket of, with the figs from the tree, so he knows how many figs he's giving, says his friend can eat a rye without having to take off demai. And when he goes to eat them as a meal, now it's not for sure. Now it's not certainly that he has to take off Meiser. In this case, he only has to take off like by like we take off by Demai. Demai is when you buy from an Amaretz, but there's a suffix if you have to take off Jumas and Meisers. So just as there's a suffix there, so so too here, there's a suffix. Maybe the owner of the fig tree have, has already taken off Jumas and Meisers for him. Maybe yes, maybe not. The owner may have known, may have said, hey, maybe the, maybe the guy's relying on me to take off the Jumas and Meisers, and the owner has the capability to take off Jumas and Meisers here in the Seifa because he knows how much the figs is. So it's possible that the owner has taken off Jumas and Mises. It's also possible that he didn't take off Jumas and Mises, as we'll see more elaborated upon. So bottom line is, is that the recipient of the gift should take off more Jumas and Mises, but only misophic, only like you would take off by Demai. In the ratio, where it was it was not a specific amount of food, so there the Mises that's taken off is a Vade. It's with absolute certainty. But in the Seifa, where, where it's a certain amount, then it's 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 only a suffix if it's Jumas and Mises. So when is this true by Amaretz? This is all if he's in Amaretz. I will, now we'll see exactly what that means. Um, but presumably what it means at this point is that the person giving the gift is an Amaris. But if he's a Chaver, then the recipient can eat the figs and not have to take off the Maestros at all. Because if the person giving the gifts is a, is a learner Tamachacham, he for sure he for sure took off all the Trimas and Maestros. The only reason it's a Demai, you're not sure if the guy took it off, it's because he's not the, the, the most scrupulous person in Allah. But if the giver, the, the person giving the gift is a... Um, is a chaver, is, 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 is a, a tamachacham, then for sure you've taken off trumas and maestros on behalf of the recipient. That is Debi Rebbe. That's from Rebbe. When is this said? It's all only if the when the guy giving the is an amaretz. But if he's a chaver, then just the opposite. He can't eat the figs in the meal until he for sure takes off. Until he takes off, and it's for sure that he has to take off. Why? Because Really, ideally, a person shouldn't tie Trumas and Meisters unless you're right next to the devil. So what happened was that the pick figs were never by the chaver. So there's no way 
that he could have he could have taken off Meisers. The only thing he could have done is taken off more from his own stuff that was far away from these figs and said, this is, I'm taking off extra portion on behalf of that. But that's something that's not supposed to be done. Ideally, you're not supposed to take off Trumas and Meisers unless it's Minamokov, unless they're right next to each other. So the only way that the person giving the gift would have taken off Trumas and Meisers on behalf of the recipient is being doing a Shalom and if we don't suspect that he would ever do such a thing. So, so in Amar, it's Rokhosh Hashim may have done that. So therefore, it's only the recipient taking off Shemus HaMaisus is only Demai. But at Tamachacham, we don't suspect that he would do that to be termed Shalom HaMokif. So when the recipient goes to take off, it's for sure, it's for sure Shem So we have Mamash and Machlok as opposites for us between Gamliel and, and, and Rebbe. Rebbe is saying that if, it, if, if, the, if the giver, the gift is a Chaver, so then, uh, so then, so then, the recipient has the right to assume for sure that Shemus uh, HaMaisus is all taken off. Shem Gamliel is saying the opposite. If the giver, the gift is a Chaver, then you for sure, the recipient for sure has to give to Trumas and Maestros because there's no way that the the, the, the guy already took off Trumas and Maestros to give her the gift because that would be Shalom Min Hamok. Amar um, Rebbe, Rebbe now says, Near and Farm, Debri Abba. What I say makes more sense from Shemin Gamil. Motiv Shechashal, Miram Lashon Mokav, Leochlam Eres Tavalim. Why? Because I know that you're not supposed to take off Shalom and Hamok. But that's a very weak Isser. It's not a strong Isser to take off Shalom and Hamokav. Bottom line is the Trumas is effective. So the, it's better for the Chavar to take off Shalom and Hamokav than run the risk that the recipient. Who might go ahead and eat tello? So if the if you're the giver of the gift and you have this predicament upon you, should I take off shemus and ma'isos on behalf of the recipient or not? On the one hand, it's not the best thing to do to take off shalom and mokaf. On the other hand, if I don't, then the guy in the gift might be relying on me. The recipient of the gift might be relying on me, and I be I might be causing this guy. Uh, this Amar, it's the recipient to go ahead and eat Tevel. So it's better for me, and this is what the, the person giving the gift thinks to himself, it's better for me to take off in the less ideal way so that my friend will not do it this. Okay, so now, what does this have to do with us? So I come up with the whole Machlokas here between Rabbi The whole question is whether the Chaber would be taking off Shalom and Amokif in this situation or not. Is it better for him to do it so that the Amar is relying on him? Or not, and we say, no, 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 you shouldn't take off Shalom and Amokov. That's the dispute, Rabbi Yashim Gamliel. Abu Kuli but everybody agrees to the idea, Chazaka, so that when someone's relying on you, um, you're going to you're going to get it done, right? Everyone's because that basically the point is every the recipient wants to know I get the gift. If there was capability of the person giving the gift to take off Shemus Hamaisa, should I assume he did it or not? It sounds like the presumption is if everything is good, why not? Of course, I would assume. That the person giving me the gift took off Trumas and Maisers already. The question just is, maybe he didn't because of the Mukif issue, because of the idea that he shouldn't, because it's not in close proximity. But if everything, if that wasn't an issue, it sounds like everybody would agree to the premise that the recipient of the gift has the right to assume that the Trumas and Maisers were taken off by the by the person giving the gift. So that would tell us so too here. Chazaka. And again, this is a matter of the Arisa. So the Gemara says, no, there's a specific Chazaka regarding the Talmud. He doesn't, he never lets food that hasn't been fixed, that hasn't been made kosher out of his possession. Meaning the figs were the original Chavar. So the Chiyav was Chal in him. So if he would, if he would, if he would have this, if he would gift this to a recipient who is not going to take up Shemus Hamaisos, he's mamish causing the guy to eat tray, to eat devil. So that's a very severe thing. That's in it. it's probably even lifting Yibber So therefore, because of that, that's why there's a special, special chazaka, a special, special chazaka that the the, the that the that the Tamachacham would take care of it and for sure take up Shemus Hamaisos if he could, if it was within his capability, and he shouldn't, and he should do it. But in our case, 
where, where, where in general, there's no, there's, no, there's no idea that an agent will do whatever he was told to do because the, the responsibility isn't really his. It's, he's just trying to help out his friend. In our case, it's not like the, the person giving the gifts is stopped trying to help out his friend. The child is the, the fruits were his. He's giving a gift to somebody else. So he has tremendous a sense of responsibility that these fruits should be fixed accordingly before he gives them away as a gift. He doesn't want to cause that he, someone's doing an Avera because of him. So that's a very strong with Neva. That's where we have a din, but that, that, that there's no way that, the, that, that, that somebody would let the fruits go without being misogyn them. Just we have the issue, the Makloka is about the Mukif point. Fine. But in general, where there's a random thing, it's it's really more his issue. I'm just trying to help him and travel him out. So maybe, okay, I didn't get around to it. You can't necessarily rely on a shliach that he's going to be Ose shlichusa. Now the Gemara analyzes more what the Machlokas Rebbe Mishra Gamliel was. So again, there was two cases here. One, the first case in the ratio was where he didn't know how much, how many figs the guy was going to take. Just a take figs. So there, for sure, the guy has to, for sure, the recipient should take off trimmings and maestros because the, the, the one giving the gift didn't have the capability to take off trimmings and maestros because he didn't know how much how much he was going to take. And then the safe up, where he told him how much it was going to be, uh, so therefore so therefore he has the capability to take off. So we want to know whether we assume that the recipient did. We had a machlokas, and it's saying there, uh, before we get to the machlokas, it says there that uh, if he's an amaret, so we assume... So we so then so then it's a suffix that maybe he has taken off he has taken off already for the recipient. What would it be if it was a chaver? Rebbe is saying that if it's a chaver, then for sure the chaver took off on behalf of the recipient. And Rishim Gamliel is saying uh, just the opposite. If it's a chaver, then we know for sure that the one giving the gift did not take up Shemus and because it wasn't Minamaka. So the Gemara analyzes Amar we said that it's only if the owner of the figs was an Amar, it's Abba Chaver, if the owner of the figs was a Chaver, then for sure the recipient has the right to assume Shemus and were taken off. So hi Amar is the Karmel Laman. This Amar, who is he talking to? Meaning, obviously, we're, we're saying that the, the owner of the figs was an Amaretz, but who is the recipient? If the child is the, the scenario, is he's telling his friend who's also an Amaretz, and what's going on is that, that, that we're saying that the, the recipient should treat the fruits like the Mai, because maybe they were taken off by the owner, maybe not. Would he listen to you to take off the take off the Mai? He won't listen, because he's... We're talking about an Amaret. So an Amaret in general is very lax about it. He's just going to trust that his friends already took it off. So the price, when he's saying Ma'as and Tamai, he can't be like talking to the Amaret's recipient and saying, oh, you, the Amaret's recipient, you should take off me Suffolk like Tamai. The Amaret is not going to listen if you tell him take off me Tamai. If you say it's only a possibility, he's just going to say, ah, oh, it probably happened. So obviously the price is not talking about the recipient who is an Amaret. The case has to be that it was a regular Amaretz who's talking to the recipient who's a Tamachacham. And he's telling him, you take the basket full of the figs. And we're saying that the that the, the Chavar now wants to know, the recipient, he wants to know, what should I do? So so we're saying that you there's a possibility that it was taken off, but you can't rely for sure on the fact that it was taken off. So you should take off me Suffolk. Says the Gemara, he must say, but what about the end of the price? The end of the price, it says, near and devarment to Abba. Rebbe says that my words make more sense than, than Rebbe Shem Gamliel because better that the Chaver should be taking off Chumas HaMaisros, not Min HaMokif, and not cause Ame HaAretz to eat Tevel. Right, Rebbe, again, Rebbe is saying the reason we know that if the, 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 the owner of the figs was a Tamachacham, that for sure he took off, 
even though it would require him to take off Shalom and Amokiv, is because better to take off Shalom and Amokiv and not cause an Am Ha'aretz to eat Tamar. So what do you mean? That clearly you're saying there that the recipient is an Am Ha'aretz. Am Ha'aretz Ma'bali Ha'asam. What is the Am Ha'aretz doing there in the end of the bride? And we just said that the recipient of the gift is a Tamar not in Am Ha'aretz. So Rebbe's whole point is that the reason we know why if the owner of the face is Tamar Ha'asam, we know for sure he took off Tremus Ha'asam is because he wouldn't cause the Am Ha'aretz to eat Tamar. That sounds like the recipient is an Amaris. That's what it sounds like from the end of the price. But in the beginning of the price, where we said when the owner of the figs is the Amaris and he's giving to his friends, we say Master and Demai that the, the, the recipient should, should take off out of doubt. Clearly, we're talking about that the recipient is a Talmud Chacham because. If the recipient is an Amaaretz, there can't be a din ma'asra and demai. Oh, take it, take it off me, Suffolk. No Amaaretz is going to listen to you. So clearly the ratio of the bride, it sounds like we're talking about that the recipient is a tamachacham. But the end of the bride, it doesn't make sense then because the end of the bride is saying the whole premise of Rebbe, why if the owner of the figs is a tamachacham, why we assume he took off, even Shlomo Namokov is because he wouldn't want to cause an Amaaretz to eat Tavel. So what's going on? What are we talking about? Who is the recipient of the figs? Amar Ravina, Reisha Amaaretz, Sha'amar Lachavero. The ratio is talking about a regular Amaretz who, who, who was talking to a Chaver, as the Gemara had said before. And that's why we were saying that the, the Chaver should take off the Suffolk. The Chaver would listen to that. Save for the end of the price, it was Bechaver Sha'abar Lamaretz. We're talking about a Chaver who was telling the recipient he was an Amaretz. And the case was Bechaver Acher Shomo. There was another Chaver who, over, who overheard him, who overheard what happened. And the question is, can this chaver who overhears now partake in those figs if he knows that a chaver gave an am ha'aretz the right to, to, to take the basket full of figs? Would would the chaver uh, 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 take off shalom and amokif in order that the recipient am ha'aretz not come to Tevel, or would he not take off because of shalom and amokif? That was the question in front of him. And the nafkamina is, for this person who overheard, this other chaver who overheard, would he now go ahead and eat. So we've we've established a symmetry because in both cases, it, it, the nafkimina, the, the din that we're talking to is a chaver. In the reisha, the recipient was a chaver. In the seifa, the recipient may have been amaretz, but the din is talking to a chaver who's overhearing and overheard it and now wants to eat the fig. So in both cases, the din of the b'risa is talking to the chaver. Uh, but you're right, the gemara is conceding that the, the we're establishing the recipient of the gift to be different. In the, in, in, in the reisha, the recipient of the gift was a chaver in the safe of the recipient of the gift was an am ha'aretz. And the machlokas was that Rebbe, now the Gemara just analyzes the two Rebbe, so I've also chaver ochov in that this chaver, whoever heard, can eat the figs and doesn't have to take off. Because the first chaver definitely took off Meister because he wouldn't have wanted to cause the recipient am ha'aretz to eat tevel. The second chaver can't eat until he takes off mice. There's no way a chaver would ever take off truma when it's not right next to the temple. But the Rebbe, Rebbe said to him, you're wrong. It would be better that the chaver should take off truma and even when it's not right next to the temple. So that it doesn't lead to an amaretz eating temple because of him. What's the root of the question? But my commitment says the Gemara, the analysis is Rebbe Savar, Nechalilachabar would be, it's better for him to do a slight iser, a small iser, like taking off Tevel, that Shalom and Amoke, if better to do that to the small iser than to cause the Amaris to do a big iser. It's better to do Truma Shalom and Amoke than the alternative, which would be the catalyst to make. 
that the Am Haaretz is going to be doing a Chamer Isra of eating tablets. Shemekaliel says no. Nechalei l'chaber l'am Haaretz yisur rabba v'yiu afilu shiklulu l'avid. Chaber thinks himself better that the Am Haaretz does a big Isra because of me than I myself personally do even a small Isra. So he's not going to be termed Shalom and Amokif no matter what the ramifications are. Even though it's going to be that the Chaber is going to be eating a very strong Isra of Tebel, better that should happen because of me than I myself do an Isra of Torah and Shalom and Amokif. So Ultimately, that's the fascinating machlokas here between Rabbi and Rishim and Gamliel, whether a chavr should do a slight iser in order to make sure that a bigger iser doesn't happen by the Amaaretz eating. So that's the machlokas. If the giver of the gift is of the figs is a chavr, and he's giving it to an Amaaretz, and now a, a chavr overheard them, and the chavr wants to know, could I eat these figs? Could a chavr assume that the chavr, the, the, the second chavr, could he assume that the first chavr definitely did take off or definitely did not take off? That was the dispute between Rabbi and Rishim and Gamliel. But all would agree that if the person... Uh, giving the gift was an ama aretz, and he's giving it to a chaver. Then um, it would be a ma'asra. Would be the din would be ma'asra demai, as we have established before. But my bottom line is, to us, we has nothing to do with the regular chazaka also shlichuso has nothing to do with us, as the Gemara explained. Because here the the issue is that it was specifically responsible to the to the person giving the gift because it was his, and he's causing other people to do averos. That's why. We're bringing up the variable that he for sure fixed it before he gave it away. But in a random scenario, you have a shliach and he's doing something. He said he promised to do something on behalf of somebody else. We don't know whether or not we can rely on the assumption of Chazaka Osa Shliklus or not on Isra Daraisa. That matter remains a machlokas between Rav Nachman and Rav Shishis. Okay, so now the Gemara continues to a new issue. And the new issue is where exactly are you putting your ear? So a person takes the bread before Shabbos. Before Shabbos, they put it in a place, and that establishes resonance, and they have das to be konen. And now we're going to talk about specifically a bunch of scenarios where it could or cannot work. So the Mishnah says, Let's say a person put the bread, the Erev, in a tree that's above ten. He puts it above ten from the ground. Ain Erev Erev. The Erev is no is not good. The idea is, if it's if it's above ten from the ground, the Erev will be inaccessible to the person. On Shabbos. Now, the important thing that we're going to have to see in the Gemara is that where is the person trying to be Kona his Shvisa? I mean, where is he trying to establish his residence? Normally, you would assume that you're trying to establish your residence exactly where your bread is, but that's not always so simple. You could be as trying to establish your residence in one place and you might actually have your bread a little bit farther away. And then we have to make sure that the Arab is accessible to the place where the person was Kona the Shvisa. So we'll see in the Gemara what is exactly is the issue. Somebody put the Erev in a tree above Ten Tzvachim. Why is that a problem? What's the big deal? If a person wants to be Kona Shvisa in the tree, why should that be a problem? So what? Then it's above Ten Tzvachim. Now, just one other, other important, really, background information is that the time of the Erev that is Chal is during Bein Hashemashos, and we're going to see Big Machlokas Tanam, and we, we, we touched on this yesterday as well, whether during Bein Hashemashos is also there to do Yisurim to Rabbanan. Rabbi says no, the Rabbanan say yes. So that's another key important issue which we'll see in the Gemara. So at this point, the Mishnah is just saying that if it was put into a tree that's about to talk from the ground, ain't Eruvah Erev, the Erev is not good because there's going to be inaccessible to the person on Shabbos. But if it's below the tent in the tree, Eruvah it is a good Erev. If you put it in a pit, I feel even it's a hundred amas deep, it's always considered accessible, and therefore the Erev is good. So the Gemara analyzes what is going on. Where is this tree? They're all sitting and learning the Mishnah, and they said, Where is this tree that the Mishnah is talking about? If it's in a Rishasayachid, so 
no matter where where you are, there's no issue of taking it off of the tree. What's the difference if the air is above ten drachim, less than ten drachim? There's a principle that the the shur, the rishus, the domain of rishusayachet extends all the way until the heavens. So the air is always in rishusayachet. Let let it be ten drachim high in a tree, but as long as it's in let's say some backyard, some rishusayachet. So then there's no problem in accessing the Erev. It could be above Tetzvachim in the tree. What is the problem? If it's in a Rishos it shouldn't be an issue with the tree being, with the Erev being above Tetzvachim in the tree. We have to say that the tree is in a Rishos And now the issue is going to be that, the issue is going to be, is it accessible to the person or not? So wait a second. But where did the person intend to establish his residence? Again, he put the bread above the Tzvachim in the tree. But where is he having kavana to establish his place of residence? Normally, you would say you put it where your bread is. But if that's going like this year, what's the problem? Says the Gemara. You live in a If he intends to make his residence right where the bread is, ten Tzvachim above the ground in the tree, what's the problem? Then it is accessible. He and his heir are in the same place. He might not be able to take the bread off the tree down to the ground into Rishas Harabim. That would be Otsah, but he doesn't need to. His residence is in the tree above the tenth vachim. That is a Rishas Hayachim if Neatzos above tenth vachim. We're assuming it's also four vachim wide. We're assuming it's a Rishas Hayachim. So his dira is the tree. Very good. So his erev is accessible to him on Shabbos. What would the problem be? Why would the mission be saying that just because the erev is placed above tenth vachim, it's no good? El and his gavimish plus lomatzos. The Gemara explains we have to be talking about that. The funny thing: the person plans on making his dira. The das was that he's going to be living in the ground, right, 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 right on the base of the tree. And the problem is, though, that he put his Erov, Tetzvachim, high in the tree. So that means he's trying to be Konashvisa in a place that's a Rishus Arabim. And the Erov is placed Tetzvachim higher in the Rishus Hayachid, which makes that the Erov is now inaccessible to the person because to transfer the Erov to the place where he's, where he's, where he's, where he's, um, where he's living would be Hotzah, would be transferring from Rishus Arabim to Rishus Hayachid, which is an Isra Daraisa, which can't be done. And that's why it wouldn't be good. So if you put it within Tetzvachim, it's not a problem because then it's not Hotzah Daraisa to transfer it to where he's, he's trying to be Konashvisa. But if you put it Tetzvachim higher than the ground, so then to get it to where he's trying to be Konashvisa would be an Isidar saw that would be a problem, and therefore the era wouldn't be good. Okay, sounds good. Now, sounds like everything else is good. The only thing we have to worry about is him doing a transfer um, to make to get his era to his place where he's being Konashvisa. What does that? Is he is he going as an Isidar Isa? So Mar now brings up a new question. Let's say the era is less than Tetzvachim. But he's still being mishdamish be'ilon. There's an iser derabbanon on Shabbos that you're not allowed to use trees. The reason the rabbanon would go there is an iser derabbanon. There's a malach of kotzer about breaking off the branch that would be kotzer, and because of that, the rabbi said that you're just not allowed to use trees at all on Shabbos. So, anyways, you're not allowed to take off uh, the era to take off the era from the tree, even if it's within ten So, what's going on? Who cares? Um, if the Erev isn't above Tetzvachim, so it's not in Rishos Hayachid, but just taking the Erev off, off the tree itself should be a violation of the Isra being Mishdamish Be'ilan. So why would it be a good Erev? So the Gemara explains, the only Rishos Ram. No, 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 we explained good. The tree is in Rishos Ram and it's Kamlish Mishdamish You're trying to make your, your Das is to be Konish Shvisa on the ground. Everything we said was good. And the only issue is that you might be doing a Daraisa by carrying it from, uh, from above Tetzvachim down to the ground. 
ah, your problem that your problem that you're being mishdamish be'ilon. So that should always make it an issue. No, Rebbe, he was going like the opinion of Rebbe, the Amar, who says called Dabrashu Mishum Shvos. Anything that's only Aser on a Durabana, the Gazul of Ben Ashmashus, not also during Ben Ashmashus. During Ben Ashmashus is the time that you're being Kone, the Arab is working. So we only has to be accessible to you during Ben Ashmashus. If it's less than ten twelve, there's no Isra Daraisa to bring it to you. The only issue is that you're being mishdamish be'ilon. So that's not a problem because we're going like Rebbe that there's no Isra being mishdamish be'ilon during Ben Ashmashus. However, if it's above ten Fahim, where to bring it to the place that you're trying to be Konish Visa down on the base of the ground, that would be a problem of an Isra Hotzah. So then it wouldn't be Konah. But in the Khanami, if you would go like the Rabbanan, that it's also to do a Shvos even during Ben Ashmashos, then the Arab wouldn't be good if it's on the tree, even less than ten Fahim. Said this was all that happened by Rav Nachman. So now, after all this, Amudu Rav Nachman said to these people, Yisha, you've said good. That's how Shmuel learned the Mishnah. Amulei, they said to Rav Nachman, did you go through it? They were like so amazed by how much Rav Nachman had analyzed the Mishnah. So the Bar says, why are they so amazed? They were also, they had also just analyzed it so much. So the Bar says, this is really what they meant to say to him. Did you establish this in the Gemara? Meaning what? Is this the final thing? It seems like besides for the Gemara that we have, the Shakwa Tari, there's also like a tradition that they had, like the bottom line outcomes. So they said, is this the bottom line? Is this what's coming on? And in Rav Nachman said, you're right, this, this is the, the bottom line. And the Gemara says that it was stated like this, also black and white, Bashim, Rav Nachman, and Shmuel. It's my Rav Nachman, and Shmuel, that the case in the Mishnah where we're saying that if I put it above 10 Tzvachim, it's not a good ear. But within 10 Tzvachim, it is. The case is that the make cases like we said that the tree is in Rishon Zerabim. So therefore, the air of above that Tzvachim is in Rishon Zerabim. And the person is trying to establish his residence below at the base of the tree. So it's being he's being trying to have das bikona. He's going to be in Rishon Zerabim. But the problem is the air of his Tzvachim high. And when it's four twachim wide, so therefore it's in Rishon Zayi. Okay, the Rebbe Yudamar and the Mishnah follows the opinion of Rebbe, who says Kol Davar Shem Shmuel Zogazol Ben Ashmasha. So the issue of being Shamish Beilon is not present. The issue is only whether or not you're doing the Hotzah. So less than ten twachim is not a problem. You're not doing an Isur Daraisa, but if it's above ten twachim, it would be an Isur Daraisa Hotzah, and therefore the air would not be good. That is the conclusion of the Gemara. We'll stop here for today. Tomorrow, the Gemara will analyze this whole case of the tree further.